Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the LC and Jack Radio Show live from New York. And now, here are your hosts, LC and Jack. Welcome to the L.C. and Jack Radio Show with your man, L.C. and the bread man holding it down. Give us a shout here in the studio. You can reach us directly at 347-843-4738. Up close and personal, Urban Talk Radio. Well, we thank you for jumping in and wanting to uh, you know, speak to our special guest this evening, after this afternoon, I should say, regarding what we have been, I don't want to say invaded, I don't know however you want to say it, taken over, but uh, this COVID-19 virus is, you know, has changed the way we live on a daily basis. It's it's crazy, it's it's almost, you know, un- you know speechless, it makes me speechless on how... Um, you know, we're going to move forward from here on out. And so we wanted to, uh, got a lot of uh, responses on social media from friends and family and and uh, radio show following that, you know, has questions. And we'd like to uh, be able to do that with a, a special uh, a special guest, Dr. Uh, Joseph uh, Churro. He's been on our guest uh, on our show before. Uh, so it's... Um, you know, we, we definitely uh, wanted to do that and address your concerns, which everyone has. And uh, before we do that, what's happening there, Brett? How you how you making out, man? Um, out there? I'm 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 doing good. You know, I, I can't say I haven't been trained for this when I was in the military. So, you know, even though it's a shock to people who don't know, but I never thought I would live to see this day. Even though I trained for something like this to happen sometime in the future and um, now I'm looking it right in the face and I'm like a deer in headlights myself you know yeah it, it's crazy it's um, this is uh, something that you know uh, no one can expect but um, you know what we are you know happy to um, be able to have an expert um, in the medical field uh, a doctor and so with that saying um Let's uh, kind of get into it. Let's uh, bring up our guest here, Brad. Um, our guest this evening, just as a little intro to give our listeners an idea, um, is the Associate Director of Emergency Medicine uh, Department at St. Joseph's Hospital in Bethpage, New York. Um, as an extension profile, and, you know, he's been a doctor since 2000 and uh, was so 
you know, glad that uh, he's able to carve out a few minutes out of his busy schedule uh, to come back on the show and discuss, uh, you know, this virus and uh, ever-changing event. Welcome to the show, Doctor. How's everything going? Hey, how you doing, guys? Good afternoon. How you doing? Yeah, thank, thanks again. Thanks again, and uh, we appreciate you uh, doing what you do to, you know, to be, you know, those first-line responders to uh, be out there in, in the trenches to protect all of us, friends, family, and those struggling right now um, with this virus. Um, so, you know, before we get into it, thank you so much for putting yourself at risk each and every day uh, to make a difference. So thank you. You got it. Yeah, Doc. So with with you being, you know, one of the first responders, what have you seen as far as, you know, a lot of the uh, patients uh, that could be treating that you are treating right now? Well, we're seeing a spectrum of uh, disease from the minor cough, cold symptoms, sometimes to be confused with allergy symptoms, such as stuffy nose, runny nose, sore throat, to uh, a small portion of them have GI symptoms like nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. But some of the most worrisome and uh, bad cases are coming in with fevers, chills, cough, and especially trouble breathing. We've seen all age groups being affected, uh, mostly uh, adults in the category from the late 20s on up. Mm-hmm. We don't see that many kids, pediatrics. Uh, they might just not be presenting with the uh, more severe symptoms, so family is aware not to bring them in. The press has done a lot of good in warning people to stay out of the emergency department unless they're really sick. Great. So... Some of the, some of the, if you can clarify some of the things right now, if you know someone, they think they have some of the symptoms, what should they do? I mean, um, most of what I've heard is that, um, you know, you should quarantine yourself. What should you do if you have one or a couple of these symptoms? Well, let's put it this way. So amongst all the thousands of cases that we're seeing, only about 15% of them become ill to the point where they need hospital intervention. So most people are going to have a cough, a cold, maybe a low-grade temperature. Uh, if these are your symptoms, if you have a little nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, that's fine. Uh, you can take Tylenol. Uh, there's been controversy around Motrin, but there are no studies to prove it's bad. So you can take Tylenol okay. or Motrin as needed for pain or fever, body aches, plenty of fluids and rest and the most important thing is to quarantine yourself and the idea behind that is to not get other people sick we're just going to assume that everyone has the virus at this point because it's omnipresent so if you feel sick just hold yourself up in your house or your apartment and try to prevent anybody else from getting the disease okay yeah i mean i've heard uh, i'm glad you kind of clarified some of the things you hear so many different things out there whether it be on the um on the net or whether you hear it mm-hmm. on the news. So, you know, I appreciate that, um, you know, kind of clarifying that. Now, one of the questions that did come up was, is that uh, some people are saying that when you go into your homes, should you be taking off your shoes? Um, is your clothes, um, could your clothes be infected or could you, you know, wearing clothes inside your house, you know, infect your house? Or could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So, again, I want to say that, you know, we can just assume that this virus is everywhere now. So if you're leaving the confines of your home and you're going out, whether it's for a loaf of bread, 
for uh, pick up uh, a pie of pizza at the pizzeria or go to work. Just assume that somewhere along that course of your day, you've encountered someone or something where the virus lives. So when you come back into the fortress of your home where your loved ones live, I would, uh, I would advise you to remove those clothes as soon as possible, to wash up, whether it's a shower or a thorough washing of your hands, and put on a, clothes, a set of clothes that are comfortable and you know, basically untouched by outside. Okay. Yeah, because it's uh, you get uh, different information regarding how long this virus can can live. I know uh, on metals and cardboard, and it's it's pretty. I mean, I was very surprised how long that this virus can stay alive, depending on what substance it's on. Is that something Correct. really new for something in the past that we've ever dealt with, as far as the med- you know medical science? Is that pretty surprising? No, I. I, I I think people are scrutinizing scrutinizing it a lot more just because of the uh, virulence of this specific virus. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, even with the flu, even with the common cold, we've always kind of touted the fact that, you know, you don't touch door handles if you don't have to. You don't uh, right. walk out of the bathroom after, you know, using it and then put your hands on a dirty doorknob because you just infected it again. <clears throat> so that being said, this has been the same sort of practice that we should have been doing from the get-go. But now with this specific virus, this coronavirus 19, we're having a, a lot more emphasis on um, just the typical hygiene practice that we should have been using to begin with. Wow, scary. <laughs> Doctors always tell you certain things. And now that we have, uh, you know, something like this that we're dealing with every day, it just comes into play even more. It's really, like you said, something that's been done for such a period of time. Um, but I guess we don't listen um, and now well, everyone's taking notice because um, I think many of us know people either have the virus, um, may have passed away from the virus. Um, is, is this the, I guess, the biggest ep- epidemic that you've ever encountered personally? I, For me, yes. And uh, both my parents are physicians and I've asked them. So in our gener- in our family, I think we've practiced medicine since the 70s and no one has seen anything like this uh, since that time this is you know uh, amazing what's going on right now it's scary it's exciting but it it's really dangerous it is it is scary to you know put it mildly it's it's unbelievable it's that I guess uh, uh, the the uh, war we are encountering uh, invisible you know uh, you know, war that we're fighting uh, with something that we mm-hmm. don't know much of. So, um, again, thank you for, for what you do and, and uh, you know, treating those that are sick and, and giving us valuable information today. One of the other questions. You know, I, 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 I kind of, I just want to say, I, I got on, I want to make this uh, call, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for you guys asking me to be on because I wanted to go on record and saying that I was one of the guys that, you know, when it first was talked about, you know, in China and in the in the news, I kind of said, you know, I poo-pooed the whole thing, saying this is probably just a like a, another form of the flu, another cold. And it wasn't until the last couple of weeks where I've seen it actually on our own soil in my own emergency department with family and friends being affected that I've totally changed my attitude. This virus is um, something truly deadly. 
but at the same time, it can be prevented or contained if we just listen to what people are saying. You have to keep and practice social distancing. I can't emphasize that enough. And we're going to keep coming back to that same point over and over again during this half hour. Um, you have to be aware that even if you aren't sick, you may be harboring the virus asymptomatically. And if you are unfortunate enough to get someone else sick, that may be um, a very troublesome course for that loved one of yours. So Thanks, Doc. I just want to say that again. Yeah, yeah. No problem. I appreciate you being uh, you know, honest and upfront with that. I think... Uh, you know the the president though um you know was very you know uh, just very lax about it kind of making fun of where he thought this where this came from and wow i'll tell you it's a life changer uh, it's affected Correct. uh yeah it's 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 a life changer do have some 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 other questions doc i know we have you for a limited time so i want to maximize that so one sure. of the questions that we got from one of the listeners is um can you find a correlation with lower numbers and warmer climates so far uh, there hasn't been enough evidence out there to say that uh, one is more um, uh, you know it's one is better for the virus or not what I have read in the books is that the virus does not live like to live in warmer climates uh, and when I say climates I'm not talking about geographic reasons I'm talking about placement on your body so mm-hmm. we have an entry point is usually the nose and the mouth. And that's, if you can imagine, that's probably the coldest place on our body. It's hanging off our body. It's the only place that hangs off our body that's not covered. You understand what I'm saying? So right. if we were able to kind of change the atmosphere around our nose and mouth, you know, there's some studies out there that say that we may have a, a better chance of, you know, getting rid of the virus. Um, I know old school um, things for cold and cough, we used to do steam inhalation, you know, just to kind of, keep our faces over some boiling water and just to absorb the steam, that may be good. There's also a lot of, you know, home therapies that aren't going to hurt anybody of drinking and gargling warm fluids in the morning, whether it's coffee, whether it's apple cider vinegar mixed with water. Um, all these things are possible solutions to a viral problem. Uh, and at the same time, they're not going to hurt you. So I think there is some science to there being uh, less of an incidence in warmer atmospheres, but it's not totally proven yet. Okay. So a lot of uh, still finding out and trying to prove uh, prove some of the things that are out there currently. Correct. Okay. Um, don't know what you, if you can talk a little bit about the, uh, I guess, some of the remedies that they actually are working on now, one of them being... Um, a trans blood trans uh, I don't know if it's blood transfusion, but taking antibodies from those who have recovered from the virus and using it on patients that are very ill, and um, that uh, other patients that may have, you know, that are you know very you know somewhat sick, but they were looking to uh, see if these patients if this remedy would work any data or any additional information in regards to that i think they're starting this either yesterday or today they are starting some um trials on uh antibodies and interleukin factors uh the problem is for us to test these uh interleukin factors on patients it takes a long turnaround time so by the time we get those results back uh we're hoping that the patient hasn't become too sick yet and um, right now, what we are using, if you do have 
a pneumonia or if you are sick enough to be admitted to the hospital, they are putting people on certain antibiotic and anti-malaria drug treatments. Uh, again, there I just uh, was listening to one of the doctors from Boston yesterday talk about the, the jury still out 50-50%. Some uh, have some effect and others don't. I know from a personal standpoint, um, once you are sick and you require mechanical ventilation being put on a breathing machine, um, it is very hard to get back off. And if you are going to get back off, the breathing machine is going to be for 14 to 21 days. So again, we're going to go back to the same point, emphasize social distancing, hygiene, and just don't get the virus. Gotcha. So, so Doc, some of the other questions that came up is if you get packages uh, from, say, Amazon or you get food delivery. Well, first off, if you get food delivery or you know, takeout, is it safe for you? Is that safe? The food itself should be safe. It's usually cooked to a temperature where it's, um, the virus is going to be killed. Now, this virus, even though it's everywhere, it is susceptible to heat. It's susceptible to detergents and soaps. I mean, obviously, we're not washing our food with soap, but it's cooked usually to a point where the heat should kill it. Now, the packaging that it comes in, I would uh, put it on your counter. I would remove the food from the packaging and get rid of the packaging itself and put it on your own plate just to decrease any chances of um, the food handler um, getting anything on the wrapper. Gotcha. Okay. So that's good to know is that, uh, you know, that uh, it is safe for you to um, to order because, you know, I know a lot of people are ordering or picking up, you know, takeout. So uh, knowing that this food is safe is, is um, you know, you know, very, I'm sure people are taking a sigh of relief or saying, okay, maybe it's, it's, now I yeah. can go out and pick something up, you know. And now, um, again, when you go out, remember, we're going to go back again. When you go out, mm-hmm. just remember, as soon as you walk out the door, you're being exposed to that virus, whether it's on the door handle, on the other side of your door handle, or the door handle for the establishment that you're going into. So just be careful. When you come back home, I want you to wash your hands. I want you to remove anything that you may have been wearing outside and get back comfortable into your home clothes before you start to eat and do whatever else you got to do. Gotcha. So one of the other questions we got, uh, doctor. So if you're just tuning in, uh, we have Dr. Chiro who um, is in the front lines battling this virus, COVID-19, coronavirus. Um, You know, it's going by several different names. Uh, And we appreciate him, you know, taking out time of his busy schedule uh, to answer some questions and and concerns that uh, our listeners do have. So one of the other questions that we that we have, Doc, is that um, once you're cured of the virus, um, and I think you talked a little bit about it, but uh, what happens next? Can this can you get the virus again, or are you immune to it? Or the studies so far are suggesting that once you have um, become sick from the virus and you overcome it, you will develop some sort of immunity. To it now, they are coming out with some blood tests that they look to put forth in the next couple of weeks that can actually measure immunity levels. Now, again, now we're talking about the coronavirus COVID 19. That being said, that does not uh, put aside any of the other thousands of viruses that are out there. We still have the influenza virus, we still have the adenovirus, we still have the power influenza virus. There's plenty of viruses out there that you can get sick from, so you may think that you got over one cold which you assumed was the coronavirus 
and then again another symptom that may not be due to the same virus it may be due to a different virus so just be aware of that gotcha so we we talked a little bit about before um i guess the symptoms and you did elaborate hey you know uh, what you should do but when should you actually get tested? And if you do get tested, you know, what what can anybody do for you? I mean, it's, you're pretty much getting mixed results here. You know, people want to get tested, but I don't think there's really much unless you're in really a bad, you know, uh, you know, you have bad uh, symptoms that anybody can do for you. Is that is that correct? That that is an excellent question, and that's a lot of what people are concerned about right now. Do I need to get tested? Do I need to wait in line for three hours at a testing point just to get a swab up my nose and then tell me if I have or have not been exposed to the coronavirus? It's a great question. My thinking on this, and I think this is basically what the whole Department of Health has come down to, is that if you are not in respiratory distress and you don't have to come to the hospital, you don't have to be admitted where we have to give you a certain medication. There's no reason to test because if you don't get admitted to the hospital, there's no magical cure for this. There's no set of pills that are going to make this go away. There are medications over the counter, such as Tylenol and Motrin. They're going to take away the symptoms, which is, um, which is you'll see with any other virus out there, right? So if I test you for the coronavirus, it's not going to change my management. I don't need you to come to the hospital or go to your doctor and risk getting exposed virus just to get that test because the treatment will not change whatsoever mm-hmm. you understand what i'm saying no i understand and that's a great point um i think a lot of people i've seen at least and i'm sure brad you might have you know that you've seen and heard is that everybody wants to get tested but it's not like they have a cure for this so if, unless you're in really you know a rare bad physical condition there's really nothing that they can do for you except to quarantine yourself. And I think, like you said, doctor, there's plenty of fluids, rest. Um, Correct. And is is there any particular diet you should be, if, if you tested positive, that you should be doing? Not that I know of. I mean, a balanced, healthy diet is always the easy answer for me to say. You know, avoid junk food, greasy foods, blah, blah, blah. But basically the main thing is to stay hydrated, Um in these times when you're actually sick, you know, good old fashioned chicken soup, juice, that's always a safe, a safe uh, diet plan to take. Um, again, going back to the testing, I'll let you know that a lot of hospitals, a lot of facilities have run low on testing supplies. So um, the people that we do test are going to be those ones that are admitted. So if you go, go, do go to the emergency department requesting testing, we'll screen you. We'll make sure that you're okay. And then most of the time, we'll give you a paper saying, just assume that you have the virus. Uh, You're going to go on at least seven days of quarantine. And don't expect to go back to work until you're at least 72 hours, that's three days, without symptoms such as a fever or shortness of breath, without the aid of Tylenol. Now, once you get symptoms again, without testing. Got you. So once, let's say that 72 hours, should, well, should you get tested again? Will they test you again just to make sure you, you're no longer uh, positive? No. For the, uh, for the most part, we won't test you the first time even. I'll, let's just give you an example. Like if you came into my ER today saying that, Doc, I have a fever, I have a cough, I have a runny nose, I'll take a look mm-hmm. at you. We'll get your vital signs. 
if, you know, we expect people to have a fever, you know, they've been touting if you have a temperature over 100, you may have the virus. Okay, that's fine. But are we going to do anything about it other than give you Tylenol Motrin? No. So I'll say, okay, you have a fever, your heart rate's a little fast, which you expect with the fever, you're breathing a little fast, which may be acceptable with the fever. But the main thing I'm looking for is what your oxygen level is and also how well you're breathing. If I think that you're having real difficulty breathing, you may need to stay in the hospital because I may need to help you breathe. If it's not an issue of breathing, and if it's just I'm going to give you fluids, Tylenol, or Motrin, I'm going to send you home before you get sicker or you get someone else sick in the hospital. I'm not going to test you because that test is not going to make any difference in your treatment plan. And I'm going to give you a note saying, Larry, I need you to stay home and quarantined for seven days from the onset of your symptoms. And don't expect to go back to work until you're free of those symptoms for at least 72 hours without the help of Tylenol or Motrin. That's the safest, most effective plan that we can use. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Brad, jump in if you have any questions. Uh, another question well, well, that we – go ahead, Brad. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just listening and um... – it just seems like, you know, if you're not regimented to something like this, it's very hard to, you know, for life lifestyle changes. And, and that's where a lot of people are getting sick and nobody's really talking about it, you know, because you said some things that I haven't heard on a national level, you know what I'm saying? So that's why we asked you to come on the show, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, you know, open up the show with, you know, I trained for something like this to happen, like nuclear fallout or a virus fallout back in 89 when I was in the Navy. Yeah. So the training is always, it always stays with you. It's like when you're a kid, you're tying your shoe. You never forget how to tie your shoe. So if you're trained to do something that prevents you from getting sick, you're going to never forget that. It's like riding a bicycle, you know what I'm saying? So when people are not trained for just a little tedious thing, just like you're saying, walking into an establishment, that door handle may have germs on it. Your bathroom door, anything, even the toilet seat, the sink, the shower, anything, your refrigerator. You know what I'm saying? We don't think about that. You know, we, we hear about germaphobes. You know, they're the ones that do that. You know, every day people are not going to just wash their hands and do certain things, you know, unless they're regimented. It's just, you know, it's very hard. So I truly understand why a lot of people are getting sick. Correct. And the other big thing, I don't want to make light of it. I don't want to just uh, uh, not speak about this. We say this, like, you know, just stay in your houses. And I understand there's a lot of financial implications there. You know, people need to go to work. People need to make a living. And it's hard. Um, And if you have to, if you're one of those quote unquote essential workers, and almost everyone is an essential worker, it says if you can work from home, do it. If you can work without being in contact, physical contact with somebody else, do that. Um, but uh, by no means am I, you know, not acknowledging the fact that it is hard for people to not go to work or not step out the house. It's a lifestyle change there, Doc. I tell you, a big lifestyle. We're so used to going, coming, and, you know, just when we please. So I think that's what's been the toughest part is is being able to, you know, have that just severe change of of, of lifestyle. So it's... um. I tell you, it's eye-opening, this event, and, you know, we want to give our hearts and prayers out to um, all those uh, 
listeners out there that have suffered a tragedy, you know, loss of a uh, loved one, a friend, um, you know, it's a tough time, and, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to them and their families. And, uh, again, Doc, you know, uh, time is running out for you, uh, but we do have a couple more questions we want us to be able to squeeze in. Um, sure. You know, before you uh, got to take off. And again, we appreciate you uh, uh, for you in the front lines. Um, you risk your life each and every day. Uh, we can't thank you enough for for what you do, um, not even just towards the virus, but just what you do to um, assist us when we do get ill. And we need those. We need those God, um, you know, made hands to intervene and and get us back to uh, 100%. So again, thank you so much. Um, yeah. So again, we have also another question regarding children. So if children, and I know uh, this is may, you may not have more inf- you know information on it, uh, but anyway, people want to know if their children are at higher risk than an adult, and how likely is it then that the kids can spread it to the parent or or vice versa. So, another excellent question. I think that anyone is prone to getting this virus. I have not seen children actually getting the brunt of it or getting sick to the point where they need admission. We don't see them in our emergency department. They're not that sick. There may be some cases scattered throughout the country, but it's pretty far and few between. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean that they don't hold the virus and they can pass it on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So I would treat them almost like vectors. I don't want to minimize or put kids down, but it, they are carriers of the disease. So, again, the same sort of precaution that you would take for yourself, I would impose that on your child as well. You know, keep them in the house. You know, try not to, you know, don't take them out to the park on these nice spring days and have them playing on the monkey bars where 20 other people have put their hands on it. You know, these viruses live on inanimate objects for hours, if not days. So if you're not ready to deal with the consequences, don't take a child out of the house to be playgrounds. I know it's social distancing. You're not in contact with another human being, but those viruses stay on these inanimate objects for quite a bit of time. So, again, be careful of that. Um, And just make sure your kids stay clean. Again, when you come in the house, don't let them play with your clothes and your stuff that you just came out the out the uh, work environment with, you know, put that stuff away and keep your family safe. They will carry the virus. They will get infected, but they have not been getting as sick as uh, the adults. Thank you, Doc. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. more, Doc, and then we'll let you run. Uh, again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we see, you know, everywhere we go, we see people wearing masks, um, wearing all types of, you know, uh, what they call gloves and things of that nature to try to protect themselves. How effective are these, um, you know, are they and, and uh, should we be doing it? And, you know, what else should we be doing to protect ourselves if we have to go out each and every day? Okay. Let's start with the mask. I mean, the mask, the main thing, unless you're wearing an N95 or a truly particulate blocking mask, uh, it's not going to do much as far as keep the virus out of your um, nasal pharynx. So if you're wearing a surgical mask or a handkerchief around your face, that's fine. But the most important part of that is so you prevent touching your hands to your face and inoculating yourself. So um, that being said, 
Uh, again, gloves, that's fine. But if you wear gloves and you touch your face with your gloves, you're going to get infected. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, yes, again, point. if you wear gloves, if you wear masks, that's fine. It's not going to 100% keep you free from the virus. Uh, but, again, washing your hands and hygiene is the most important thing. So even if you wear gloves, you go out to the shopping mall and you come back home, you take off your gloves, the next thing you do, throw the gloves in the garbage, go wash your hands with soap and water. Great, great uh, advice, doctor, because, I mean, I've been all over the city, you know, and uh, seeing everybody wearing masks. I know the CDC, for what I read, said that really it won't really protect you. It'll make you feel better. Uh, but the mask, unless you have the N95, as you said, really not going to do too much. It will help you maybe uh, prevent the germs or the droplets, so they, so they say, um, go through the air. But as far as you protecting you for you not getting the virus, yeah, they, they really don't uh, sign off on that. So so thanks for clarifying that because I uh, no problem. Yeah. see a lot of I got, I got, those I got a question also. Yep. I got a question. Sure. Uh, what makes this virus more dangerous than or more uh, – catchable than the other viruses that's been around over the years because, you know, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, contagious, more contagious because, you know, like everyday life since Elsie and I were born and other people have been born, we've been touching stuff and, you know, and then walking around like nothing, you know what I'm saying? I mean, certain people who have weak immune systems do get sick, but it's like this one seems like like somebody just took an aerosol spray and sprayed it in the air. You know what I'm saying? When you think about it, you know what I'm saying? So what I makes it more contagious the, than any other diseases that, that we've I don't come across that, over the uh, years? I don't know if it's the contagiousness that's the difference or the actual chemical uh, profile of this, this virus. So I think we all get viruses. You know, the flu season, everyone's got the flu. Everyone's yeah. got a cold. We all get sick. Mm -hmm. But this specific virus is mm -hmm. causing some changes in our lungs mostly that is, okay. uh, you know, knocking people off left and right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing every other patient that comes into my emergency department with a cold cough and fever that looks mm -hmm. ill. And even before they shoot the chest x-ray, I can tell you exactly what it's going to say. It's going to say there's pneumonia on both sides of their lungs. It's unheard mm -hmm. of. Every one of these patients is the same thing. It's like we're in the same report over and over again. Yeah. It's, it's something about this specific virus. So it's not, um, it's not the fact that it's just more contagious because all these viruses are contagious. And that's why yeah. I say just, you know, lesson to be learned from this specific pandemic is that hygiene has got to be the utmost uh, of importance to prevent not just this virus, but whatever. I mean, whether it's the SARS virus, the bird avian flu, mm -hmm. the influenza virus, mm -hmm. the same thing. But this particular virus has mm -hmm. some characteristics that are causing these pneumonias that are just unheard of. And it's not just the lungs that's affecting, it's affecting the heart. It, mm -hmm. it, it's doing a lot of things that I've never seen before. And that's why it's so sensational on the news because no one's ever seen this stuff before. Yeah. Everyone's kind and of it, amazed at how it's just knocking people off. Yeah, and, and, and it goes back to what we said before. Yeah. It goes back to what I said hey. before, how, how you, the regiment part of people, people Correct. are not regimented to do like tedious cleaning, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's what the problem is. Like if you go all your life 
you know, I'm a person, I've been out the Navy almost 30 years, and I can tell you I had the flu twice, and I never had the flu shot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But some people, they get it every year. They get the flu, they get bronchitis, this, that, and the other. You know, so hey, this, Doc, when, I know you have to run, yeah. but we got a, yeah. got, we got, we got a couple of callers of people that, that okay. want to talk to you. Can yeah. you give us another few minutes? I know you have to. Uh, yeah, I think I, yeah, you, I you tell me. Yeah, if you can, yeah. you okay. can't, but we do. Sure. Hold on uh, one please. second, no Doc. We're going to go to line two. You're okay. on the LC and Jack radio show with the Breadman. Uh, what question do you have? Your name and what, you, what question do you have for the doctor? Hello? You're live on the LC and Jack radio show. Hello? We got you on the line. Hello? All right. They'll call back. Yeah, hopefully they're watching their hands. Hopefully they're watching their hands. <laughs> people, people get uh, a little, uh, you know, stir crazy uh, a little bit when they're yeah. live on the radio. Sometimes they don't um, know. They're like, what? I'm on the air? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're tuned in. Uh, we got a lot of people okay. listening on to the show. Sure. So um, pretty much, Doc, I know uh, we've pretty much gone on, uh, you know, over um, our time, and we appreciate it. The last question I have for you real quick is the timeline. So, as you mentioned, social distancing, uh, we're practicing. And what would you think is a realistic timeline for us to be able to, I mean, kind of go back to somewhat of a normal life? Any, do you have any personal thoughts about this? And, again, I know this is your own personal opinion, um, but any thoughts of, of a realistic timeline? Wow, that's a difficult question. I know what I want to say is that I hope that this this next week or two is the peak and then it starts to go down. I think media, uh, even though they have sensationalized it to a point, I think they've uh, really driven home the fact that social distancing is the key to containing this virus. And if we continue to do what we have been doing, I think that we can see, hopefully see, a downtrend in new cases in the next three to four weeks. Uh, that being said, if we still have people going out there and just disregarding uh, what uh, health officials have been warning them, like going and hanging out on the beaches and uh, partying till all hours, I think we're going to have this same problem go forward into, uh, into and throughout the summer at least. There's some studies, wow. I don't know how true they can be, but if they did some artificial intelligence algorithm, they put the thing in the computer. So if we continue doing the social distancing now, as we've been doing it, by July, August, we may have like 20,000 cases um, active. If we don't, we're looking on the order in the hundreds, almost close to 500,000 cases. So that is the main thing, social distancing and just being aware of our surroundings and keeping our hygiene up. Got you. All right. Well, is there any last thoughts that you have, uh, Doc, before we let you run? Um, Again, social distancing, remember your hygiene. You know, if you know anyone that's older or has any significant health problems, uh, these patients, uh, if they get sick, they go down real quick. I've uh, basically quarantined my parents in their home for the last two weeks. I check up on them, drop off stuff or have my sister drop off stuff for them. But otherwise, I don't let them go, not even to church, not even to pick up the paper. I don't want them going out and 
uh, picking up the virus anywhere. I've seen a couple of my friends, family members um, kind of venture out and uh, two of them have gotten sick. One is already expired. Another one's on an intubator for the last 10 days. Um, wow. This is real. I thought this was going to be something simple. We're filling up our ERs and our ICUs. We're running out of ventilators in many hospitals around the city in New York. And it's not because um, the doctors and the nurses aren't doing their job. It's just because uh, we're just, you know, overrun by the virulence of this, this virus. So, again, I just, you know, implore you guys and just for to your listeners, please maintain hygiene practices and social distancing until we get this thing under control. Doctor, we appreciate you uh, giving us extended time that you had. Uh, please uh, let me know if you do have some additional information. Would like to come back on. Uh, we're pretty open. You know, the next week, next day, you have, you know, pertinent information you want to get back out to the users. Uh, excuse the users. I mean, our listeners um, out there. Um, you know, you have my info. Please reach out to me, and uh, we'll set it up. Um, just a tremendous amount of response. Um, people, a lot of listening, you know, um, so please uh, reach out to me. I know, uh, and again, we thank you for, you know, just putting yourself in harm's way. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you uh, and your teams and the nurses, really everyone who you work with that's out, you know, helping us uh, develop a cure and helping, you know, those that are sick, you know, you know, doing what, uh, whatever's possible to, you know, make them healthy. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. And, guys, just make sure all your listeners, you know, if you have any questions or concerns, you're always free to call your doctor up or call the local ER or clinic and just double-check with your symptoms. There are plenty of hotlines on the Internet uh, for questions to be answered and testing if it's warranted. Please use those resources. And, um, and Larry, thank you so much for having me on, and I will get back to you, and we'll do this again soon. Absolutely. Thanks again, uh, Brett. Thanks again, Doc. We'll talk to you. Stay yes. safe. Uh, I'll be yes, doing our prayers each and every day. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks again uh, to Joseph Chirau, uh MD, here um, in Long Island, New York. And uh, he's in the front lines dealing with this virus. I think he was bred. He dispelled the little myths out there, so, you know, a couple of things that was put out there about the ibuprofen yeah. and Tylenol, you know, because uh, I've gotten some information that, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. And he said basically, hey, there's, there's no proof uh, that you're more susceptible to uh, ibuprofen than Tylenol. So that, that was great information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And information is being, you know, it changes rapidly because we're just trying yeah. to learn about this this killer, you know, and that's yeah, what it is. And, and there's so many people out there. Everybody has different reactions, too. So, you know, what happens to one person probably ain't going to happen to the next person, too, you know. So and some people run with that's that true. and get everybody all hyped up, you know. This so. is true. This is true. And uh, please share this podcast. We're going to put it up. Please share it. I think the doctor gave some excellent information that wasn't really – uh, discussed yeah. on the national level. Yeah. I think, Brad, you mentioned that. Um, yeah. We discussed you walking in, you know, uh, removing your shoes before you walk in, mm-hmm. your clothes. I mean, yeah. you talk pretty. You, I haven't heard anybody talk about that 
money yeah, which no. is scary on a national because, level. Because so. they on they on a script. You know, you know, when you come on the L C and Jack show, you know, you come unscripted, you know, knowing facts. You know, that that's that's what our show is about and that's why we have the guests that we do have. You know. So when I heard that too, you know, you think about it, you know, nobody's talked about it. And, uh, That's a very important that you're coming in and just mm-hmm. removing. I mean, he says, hey, you got to remove all your clothing, take a shower, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it is. So, so like that you takes said, discipline, and, too. That takes discipline. Mm-hmm. Like I say, it, it, it's something regiment. Like I say, when we started the show, I trained for that years ago. And if you're not in that mindset, you're just basically going to live your life the way you normally is. You know, you may just wash your hands because that's, you know, when it first came out, make sure you wash your hands. That's all I kept saying, just wash your hands, wash your hands. Well, what about everything else? Your hand is is not the only thing that's touching stuff. You know what I'm saying? If it gets on your hat, and your jacket, your pants, your shoes, whatever, you got to degress. And that's what we used to do. We used to degress the whole uniform that we used to wear. We used to wear those PPE uh, uniforms with the goggles and the gloves and everything, you know. And once we got it in our head, we was able to go through the gauntlet without getting the, you know, the artificial spray that they sprayed on us to show that. We-